0: Hey, group chat, I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. Okay, hello
1: everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Texting. It's me, Shade. It is a morning. I just applied my
0: face product. Who am I joined by? I'm Chels Pinky.
2: Okay. uh, That was very newscaster-y, I feel like. Uh, It's Glenn at Bedside Brat. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. morning, It's a shiny day. How are you
1: feeling? You know... Another day, another dollar, as the kids say. That's the
0: old people say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm disheveled because I was literally in the shower and I hear knocks at my door. It's the landlord or I don't know landlord the maintenance I don't know whatever the people to fix the damn AC that's driving me crazy still damn it was like making a noise last night so I got freaked out and turned it out off but like my future husband has to have the mm. room cold when he sleeps so it was very uncomfortable for him and unacceptable
1: before we get into write a reply like what is it with men and the the
2: cold room I was going to say oh he's one of those but I like I love a cold room too I love it, it-
0: It's actually healthier. Like your room should be cold. It should be cold, quiet, and dark. That's how, like, that's the perfect condition for good sleep. Oh my God. No, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. You're probably not optimizing your sleep. (laughs) I'd be sleeping good, but it'd just be too cold. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like. I, plus I hate AC.
1: I like natural air. So like, I like the fan or like the window open, but anywho
2: on red or replies, ladies on red or reply. On red or reply. <laughs> I can go quickly.
1: I am. I'm leaving that thing. You sent us another fucking spiritual world re- reference on red. Um, I don't have the tweet readily available, but essentially the woman was saying that women who don't have to lift a finger and their men take care of them. Remember that one are like the real winners. I went into the comments just to seeing like what people were saying and apparently the person who tweeted it actually is like a business like she works um and like is a businesswoman but essentially I think she's trying to say like you know it's still great if you're like spoiled and taken care of and I think sure that's one thing but I didn't love the um like those women are really winning comment and I could be misquoting but I think there was something around like I found it sect being the winners oh yes Thank I, you, i'll, I'll read it.
0: i'm like we're talking about things that the listeners have no idea what the fuck we're talking about okay so the tweet says the girl bo- the girl boss shit is cute or whatever yes. but i very much admire the women who are simply taken care of by their men and don't have to lift a finger they are the real winners in life not y'all having to Not y'all having think pieces under here about how you'll be left with nothing when he leave and blah, blah, baby. It was just it was just a cute little thought. I clearly run a business and know better, but let's not be bitter towards the women who are getting taken care of. They def are winning LMAO trying scare trying. Sorry, she's like typing weird trying to scare women into the dread of the inevitable doom when their man hypothetically leaves in the scenario you made up is not going to change their current reality that their life is on easy mode and they get in spoil while you working your ass off lmao it's not the flex you think it is poo that cracks me up at the end the poo <laughs> <laughs> i know I'm gonna start um, calling yeah <laughs> There was
2: a lot in there that's like, oh, okay, maybe then mm, no, like, I think she's no. saying they're winning, not like they are the winners. So that's, I think a distinction, but then okay. when she said their life is on easy mode, we've talked about this so many times on the show, like in order to get spoiled, you got to do shit too. Right? Sucking a lot of dick. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you're sucking a lot of dick you're probably. Not, their
1: mouths are you're very tired. No packing lunches <laughs> and all of that. Not packing lunches. Or me. <laughs> so me and my man were listening to this, like, this, uh, like, 60s battle or whatever I don't know whatever he plays me weird ass YouTube videos and this lady sings a song and it's like baby when you wake up I'll have your coffee poured and your eggs over easy and your toast made and your clothes are and he was like see y'all women ain't doing this he was like where my toast where my
0: eggs and I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> see I would be fine toasting and egging it up if I didn't have to work
2: Right, because um, that is- Like, everyone
0: has to add in something. Add something, I get yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I'll iron your clothes if I'm sitting home all day. Y'all know I'm not a domesticated woman.
2: And it might bring people joy to do that type of shit, too. It might, it might, it might.
1: And to to each his own. Actually, that morning, I went downstairs, and I was like, I'm going to make this nigga some tea. Got <laughs> some fruit. God damn it.
2: Look at you. <laughs>
1: but chill, 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 chill. Just because he was in my home, and I know in the morning, he likes tea and fruit, so- I made it happen, but like, that ain't, Very
3: that lesbian. ain't
1: it. Yes. Oh, absolutely. But that ain't it for me. But I y'all know I'm on my Harry Hamlin, but yeah. Um, <laughs> what am I replying to? I'm replying to my, um, upcoming staycation vacate, not staycation. I'm, go- I'm going to a place i be you working there. You Re- there.
2: Relocation. Yeah. Relocation.
1: Relocation for a month. I'm going to stay. In Mexico I'm really excited making plans with a friend now and I've always wanted to like have a long stint there so I'm looking forward to it um and I think it'll be a fun little month I get to explore I was like up thinking and I was like oh, I'm going to have to go to the local grocery store and get my things and make my little lunches and snacks and my fresh fruits and veggies. Oh, I love it. There's something so
2: romantic about that, right? Yeah. But at the
1: same time, knowing me, I'm going to be working OD and I'll be getting like uber eats tacos
2: <laughs> oh no i really hope not yeah I hope we get some little walks in down those like beautiful streets with those what are those trees called Hicarandas. Oof. how do you know what the trees are called I have, no, I have no idea it's a long story but yes that's what they're called like those big purple flowers
0: okay purple
2: jicaranda
1: what's what's on y'all's minds
0: so I can go, I am replying to a black dermatologist. I found mm. Dr. Eva Kirby. Um, I literally booked this appointment probably in like August and it's just happening in October, <laughs> but I think it's cause it's like a new patient. Like you have to kind of wait longer or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been getting like really itchy. So I was confused about what that's about and she kind of figured it out. Um, but so that was great. Um, what I'm leaving on red is something I learned about. So I like, she's like, so, you know, what, do you have any concerns? And I hate, I have lines on my neck and I hate them. And I'm like, oh, do I just have a fucking like old lady neck? <laughs> and she was what? like, no, it's called tech neck. Oh, uh, tech neck. Yes. Yeah, so I said it yeah she said she said lots of people younger and younger are coming in with it and it's because we're always on our phones and always working on our our computers so our heads are always turned down so you're have like this like like wrinkle basically that you're creating in your neck um and she was like I mean there are treatments you would have to go to like a cosmetic dermatologist but she was like to be honest like most people have it. She showed me hers. And it, it's so crazy because you don't really notice it on other people. But like, I notice it on myself. Like, it's the one thing I hate about oh physical my God. appearance. <laughs> now I'm looking at my neck. Yeah, I'm always like this fucking line on my neck. Um, but yeah, so it's called Tech Neck. So she doesn't do Botox she does and I also asked about that I asked I said do I need Botox lots of my friends are getting Botox she was like she loves Botox it's very expensive she says it starts at $600 um and oh. you would need it every you know she's a she's a doctor so that's different than when you mm. go to these like med spas yeah but um she told me I don't need it and she was like because when I animate like the way how you know people animate differently and the way how my face animates it doesn't create a lot of lines
1: mm. so I don't need
0: it yet so <sighs> And if, if you're out there listening,
1: uh, I am looking for, you know, I'm always ready to try out a new spot. Credited. Black owned would be preferable. I'll for, try it for
0: free. Make sure will. Tax, E-feeler. It.
2: <laughs> Most um, E-feeler.
0: <either>. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. You just oh, and she something. prescribed
0: oh. Sorry. And she prescribed me retinol because you can get prescription retinol for like way cheaper. It's like 10 than bucks. Like- Yeah. And like what you're paying for at Sephora isn't even as good of of quality, except you're paying like $100 for it. So just make that dermatologist appointment. It's covered by insurance and you can get prescribed retinol.
1: I thought you had a bad experience with retinol.
0: I did. And it was, I mean, I was using the Polish Choice Retinol and, you know, it was my first time. So she said retinol can dry out your skin, but like, listen to your skin. So like, maybe you don't, you shouldn't start with doing it every day. You know, um, I also follow this girl, um, I'm forgetting her Instagram, but Sydney Utendahl, she like does a lot of skin posts. Mm. Um, we pro- you probably know her from back, back in the days, but um, she actually puts her retinol on top of her moisturizer. So it's not like directly on her skin and she's like, it still penetrates, but it's not as harsh.
2: I like that. Okay. I might try that because I've had some retinol or stories. That shit yeah. is powerful.
0: You too.
2: Yeah. It's like broke me out, OD, but I was, oh, I wow. was wiling. I was like just. Cause I had like three amazing days where I put it on and I was like fucking glowing. Like I felt like a new, so then I started whiling out and you can't do that.
0: So what she told me is don't start off with daily. Like maybe you can get up mm-hmm. to daily one day, but definitely don't start off with daily. Start off with two to three times a week. And a side effect is like your first three weeks, you might have like some crazy breakouts, but like that means it's working.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. All right. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, okay. So for my on red reply, I'm
2: it's a I'm lumping them together, replying to all the sex I've been having, but also leaving it on red because that shit is just like it's a lot. I remember Chelsea saying that to us before, and I was like, "What are you talking about? What do you mean?" It can really just be like, "Oh my god." Again, <laughs> what? Like I deadass want to sleep or like I just don't, there's just a lot. And then I, I I feel like I can get into this when we have a, a solo episode and I can expand on this. Mm-hmm. But like the sex I've been having is also like very nasty. And sometimes it's just like too much. Like there's so much spit. There's so, you know, it's like, ah, uh, we're going to do all of that again. That whole process with all <laughs> the <laughs> fluids and all the sex and sex. Ew! You know I'm what I mean? Fluids. I know. Exactly. i out. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like sex is kind of disgusting when you think about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But yeah, I'll leave it at that. What is Chelsea um, doing?
0: i'm looking at my eyebrows
2: i knew it i knew it um let's get
1: into this on the patreon because you know i am having the opposite problem so we'll 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 dig into that um yes with that being said anybody have a hotline link I like it only mean one thing. Um, I'll briefly go. I think I've mentioned this before. I am fucking booking an Airbnb for my whole goddamn family for Christmas into the new year. It is torturing me. I have so many family group chats. Now, new aunts who ain't even my blood aunts are coming and calling me. And I'm just at this point, like all of you get a hotel. home. <laughs> Like, I literally just got a text. Does it have Wi-Fi? I don't see Wi-Fi in the amenities. Ma'am, it is 2021. You think the place don't got Wi-Fi? Come on I mean, you should check. Where are you guys staying? You should check. We're staying in Miami in Coconut Grove. But like, my cousin just sent a screenshot of like (laughs) the thing that says internet. So (laughs) I'm just like, (laughs) it's killing me. I got like actual aunties. Like we're talking 60 plus and all the couple's and the the kicker, I'm not even staying there. I'm booking this for them, and I'm not even staying there. So I would just love to get this over with.
2: This is what happens when you're, like, the youth and the fam.
0: Yeah. This is what you do. Unless you're, like, the real youth, like the oh, baby, like, like, you? like me. So I don't really do anything. <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Moving Lord. on. Moving right. on.
1: Um. So- Okay, I have a question and, and, and I, think I, I hope know what this you're doesn't say. come
2: off wrong. Do you? What am I going to say? That we we're going we're to have a brown girl doing shit? I am. How do we feel about that? Well, I already have a black girl doing shit. Or, like, a black collective doing shit. And then we're gonna oh. shout out our brown girl doing shit.
1: Okay. Yeah, so, I, like I was like, I would love to have both, but I'm not prepared with a black girl. Okay, cool. I'm already Great. there, girl. My good sis. That's a black girl doing shit. All right. So, Great.
2: I wanna shout out this collective called, I'm, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it correctly, La Rubea. Um, it's a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering historically excluded youth of the Rockaways through surfing. So, La Rubea means on the beach in the language of Garufuna, Garifuna, mm. a Garifuna. culturally reserved and unique Afro-Indigenous people still residing throughout Central America and the Caribbean. And La Rubea um, exists to provide education and access for, again, these uh, h- historically excluded youth of the Rockaways and addressing the challenges of BIPOC surfers. So they show all this like representation of Black and brown people in the water, surfing on Rockaway Beach, like in New York, um, and I saw this through a, a feature that was in Teen Vogue. It was so beautiful, um, so I encourage people to check it out. I love that. Oh, so that's a lot. Of- the
1: nerd in me wants to say if Gary Funa people were influenced by like maybe French and Spanish. Rue is street. Bea is blue. Beautiful. It's like the beautiful stretch of. Space. I could see that. And maybe that's how you get to beach. I could see that, but I completely I made that up, and I have blonde, no idea. Oh, but that's unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could hear that like La Rubia, La rubeya. Oh, La Rubia. If, if we got any uh I know they're heavy in Honduras, but any people of Gary Funa ancestry, let us know. I used to
0: work with one. But tell them tell them. Not, not one, but know. someone no. who was of that culture. Um, which sorry this is gonna sound crazy, but I was you know that uh page like Afro Latin. Afro Latina or something. It's like, yeah. it's like all about like the, like black people and whatever. Um, They posted a video of Venezuelan people and like, they were like black, like, like black, yes. like black. And I was shocked. I've never met like a Venezuelan person that was like, not like, you know what I'm saying? Kinda. Yeah like african not like mixed looking yeah like like african yeah Yeah. it was like this whole thing about them like doing um hair braiding and afro i'll send it to you guys but i was like wow media is something else because i only know my family obviously and they're not black they're like indigenous looking um and then the people that i've met are not like they are black but they're can they look like more mixed Mm -hmm.
1: anyways not that i'm like the the darkest of dark even though i think i am but when i lived in argentina people were like Oh, you're Venezuelan or Colombian. And I was like, see, I've never even that one that that looks like you. And they were like, but these people were darker than you. Yeah. And I was like, what? Why would you think that? And they're like, yeah, that's what they look like. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Cause there's my this is my first time like ever being in South America and I had no idea mm-hmm. so
0: I wouldn't say yeah. that's what they look like but I would say well yeah I, but there I, was, that's the type yeah, of person yeah, yeah yeah like they exist yes they exist and they don't yeah, show them you, like which you you'll would never, never see think. A, you'll never see one that's like Miss Venezuela or like right. a politician or i never have at least yeah yeah interesting Mm -hmm. with that being said so we also
2: have a brown girl doing shit who Shade and I got to interview her name is Deepika Mutiala and you're gonna hear all about all the amazing work she's doing in the beauty industry for people with melanated skin um this talk was so amazing like Shade and I left it being like are we best friends with her or when are we hanging out um so I think you're gonna love it And now,
0: a word from our sponsors.
2: Chelsea, Sade, and I have all been on our own workout journeys this year, and let me tell you, it has been a journey. For me, I always get thrown off because whenever I have a day planned to go to the gym and something comes up, I gotta work late, I get invited to last-minute drinks with friends, I end up missing days and days and days at the gym, and then I get thrown off my game. That's why we were all so excited when Obey Fitness entered the group chat a few months ago. Basically, Obey is a digital fitness platform that streams daily live classes with a ton of on-demand options, too. When I only have 10 minutes, I squeeze in a Pilates core, and when I'm feeling spicy, I go for a dance hit, which literally will have me dripping in sweat. Whatever my mood or schedule, it's always so easy to find a workout that makes me feel good. Plus, it's vibey, the soundtracks are always bumping, and the instructors are so much fun. And the best part is, you can add your friends on the Obey app, so the girls and I have been able to work out together and hold each other accountable. Real talk, it's probably the best time I've had working out. So if you're waiting for a sign, this is it. You can use Code BGT to get one month free at Obey Fitness. That's OBEFitness.com. All right, y'all. It's time
1: for the group chat.
2: So we are so excited today to have Deepika Mutiala with us in the group chat. Deepika is a South Asian beauty entrepreneur, businesswoman, and founder and CEO of Live Tinted, which is a multicultural community about beauty and culture. Mutiala launched Live Tinted in 2018 as an inclusive digital community that explores diverse beauty for every shade in between. Live Tinted focuses on underrepresented people in beauty and their personal journeys with culture and identity and Deepika and her brand have been featured in Vogue, Refinery29, Inc., Business Insider, all over the place. Forbes, The New York Times, L. Big Tings. Oh, God, so
1: obnoxious. No, it's not. No.
2: Never be modest.
1: We give our flowers on this show, especially to women of color. Hello.
2: Exactly. (laughs) So thinking about all the work that you've done in your brand um, and your dedication to a multicultural community about beauty and culture. I was thinking about our definitions of beauty and how we were raised Mm. and what we grew up with, what understandings you grew up with around beauty. So for you, Deepika, what types of depictions of beauty did you see growing up? Girl,
3: I grew up in Houston, Texas, which is where I am right now. Um, I moved back during the pandemic. And so it's Texas. So I saw a lot of blonde hair, blue eyes. That's that's what I saw. And to the point where I dyed my hair blonde and got blue contacts. Like, Ugh. I know I need to find a picture, like a good one. Well, to, like, it, 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 I, I have some, but it it was like, and by the way, the first time I dyed my hair blonde, I went to like an Indian salon that does threading um, and, and they, it was orange. It fully turned orange. Like, cause it's like you, I was never taught like how you're supposed to dye your hair blonde. Anyways. So, yeah, that was what I saw in the world. And I remember I was 16 and I I told my dad I wanted to change this. Like, I I remember being the Indian girl who was friends with a bunch of white girls, trying to be cool and trying to fit in and change things about myself, never letting people come over to my house because I didn't want them to see my mom and her like Indian clothes or cooking curry and things like that. And now I'm like, all those same girls want to come over for curry.
2: (laughs) Of course they do. Of
1: course. Oh, my gosh. I feel you so hard on that. Like Glenn and I talk about growing up and, like, even growing up in pretty Black communities. We're both from Brooklyn from Bed Stuy, but, like, mm-hmm. once you kind of leave your enclave and you go out to the city end up going to high school or middle school where it's like a big mix of people and of course what you're seeing in like music videos and everybody wants like the light skin girl with the curly hair and the colorful eyes which like that is beautiful but also like there are different definitions of beauty and when you don't see it it does really like fuck with you on a different level that you like internalize and then you have to
2: undo Exactly.
3: Yeah. And you know what I thought was like the coolest part that I learned? Sorry, did I cut you off? No,
2: I mean, I was just going to say really quickly, I just relate so hard. I wore gray contacts freshman, sophomore year of high school, had to sneak and put them on before I left the house because my parents would roast Ah. me if they caught me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I just felt you. But yes, continue. I
3: mean, I remember like having to sneak razors to shave my mustache because I was hairy as fuck. (gasps) And like, that was like, I got made fun of for my mustache and like guys would make fun of it and stuff. And I was like, so, cause I didn't, the other girls didn't have to deal with that. And she's like little things like that, that like really mess you up and feel like defeated and who you are and want to change who you are. And like your self-worth is dictated on that. But I think the coolest part about like building the tinted is what made me realize is that like, there's so many commonalities, obviously differences and nuances to different women of color, But what I realized was the shared commonality of colorism that we experienced Mm -hmm, that I didn't know. Right. So like when I first started with Tinted, I really was just speaking to an experience I had. I never wanted to like project to any other person, even other women of color, because there's very unique experiences. Hey, we all have done this, but it was so dope to see that, like, just by sharing my story of like hiding from the sun, being terrified of getting darker because fair was considered beautiful. Um, how many people from different backgrounds were like girls saying, and that's what made me realize, oh my God, there is a way to create a multicultural community around shared beauty experiences. It's really crazy.
2: And completely shutting yeah. those. I used to hide from the sun too. And it's so sad when I think back on those so memories sad. and, yeah. and how now I've arrived at a place where I go on vacation and I chase the sun and I like, can't wait to see like what shade my skin will turn and how much more beautiful it gets when it's tan. Like it's wild. Um, And I'm thinking about, you know, we talked about what we saw in mainstream media around beauty, but we don't know this experience growing up as um, a South Asian woman, what kind of conversations were happening, happening around colorism culturally for you? Yeah, I
3: think a big part that really screwed me up is Bollywood, which is like the Indian Hollywood in um, India, and it's a um, it, every depiction. And the really sad part is we've at least made some progress in the U.S. as far as Hollywood goes and, and media goes, but in India, it is still exactly what it was when I grew up, where. Um, Fair is still considered beautiful, and every major actress in the country is a very specific size and a very specific skin color. There's been some progress, but nowhere mm-hmm. near where it needs to be. Like, still, the number one product in India is a bleaching cream. And my mom has that on her oh counter growing. Yeah, yeah, like I, I grew up with this product called Fair and Lovely
1: on but my mom's like Fair and
3: Lovely, I've heard of it. It's real. And it was on my wow. counter and my mom put it on as if it was a moisturizer every day. And wow. that's, I know. And that's what I saw um, on her counter. And, and I remember like none of the foundations matched her skin tone partially because there weren't shapes that worked for mm-hmm. our skin tone growing up. Yeah. Um, but also partially because she wanted a lighter color because right. to look, you know, and I, I, I hate to like put my mom on blast like that because she didn't know any better, right. but it's just so sad how much that, that experience that she's experienced intergenerationally just like passes on. And, and I just want to put a stop to it. Like, I, I, feel very, very confident that colorism can end with like our kids generation. Um, mm-hmm. If we do the right work now and, it takes all of us talking about it and like like you said going through the sun and loving our skin. Yeah. and it just makes me excited to see the progress happening
1: I I completely it, ahead, it blows my mind that like across so many women of color like right. it's the same narrative and i'm like i mean i know where it stems from but it's also like damn, like that is like so unfortunate. And then to your point, like representation is so important. I think we have seen progress, but I still think there's a lot of work to be done. And I loved your point around like kind of, it's not your mom's fault, right? Like she just, she didn't know any better. And it's like, how do we educate to kind of like combat what media is doing? And I think that's, what's really cool about your brand because like, like it makes you feel Special to be brown, it makes you feel right. special to have yeah. like some melanin, in melanin. Your skin. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Like, this is my inspo wall right here, and it just brings me so much joy. Like, every day when I, <gasps> I look love at it. it, like
2: all the that brown girls, teasing right now for those who can't see us, you, you know, they on there. You no, know, yeah. I'm like, hey, <laughs> all the brown girls, <laughs> all the brown girls, you
3: guys. So, when before I started looking, Tinted, we did an exercise, this is just a part of it. It was like 70 images, just like this. These were some of them. Like, favorite ones that I put up but three years ago we did this and we laid it on the floor and we were like where is it that a brand doesn't exist and think back this is 2017 so like before Fenty like before yeah which I think Fenty has done so much for this industry thank god but it's like this was like pre-even that existing and what I noticed when I even looked at all these pictures there was no women of color sparking joy like happiness and and like smiling and like laughter like when you see um, depictions of us on the internet, it's a lot of like, just, um, you know, I, I get aesthetic and slays and like, right. high, high fierce, and, she's fierce yeah. and all this stuff. But that like, to me, I'm, I'm a girl from Texas, who's just like, I'm not, I, I don't know how to vote it up. I just want <laughs> to see myself reflected in the beauty industry. And I love Rihanna. And I'm so grateful for what she's done with Venti. Um, I'm not Rihanna, right? Like, I want something that's like, Truly, I, I love that I can like, I remember I, they like featured me on their Instagram and I felt so cool because I fully tried to be in Fenty mode with like yellow sunglasses, and, like, <laughs> a dope Puffer jacket, like all these things. But the reality is who I am is like what you're looking at right now. And I feel like it's important for young girls and boys and whatever you identify as to see yeah. yourself just as you are. Right. And think that that is good and cool in itself and so I tried
1: to find the ones where I saw people laughing but I thought y'all would appreciate that oh I love that I love it I have another question but Glenn Glenn this is her show like I don't want to I know because Glenn is is a writer so you know when she we each take over episodes and like (laughs) when it's her episode sometimes she'll be like bitch you're fucking up my narrative but we good. Okay. Get in here. Great. Get in there. Cool. Um, so something that I find really interesting is so I have a lot of Indian friends. Like I somehow was adopted into an Indian family. Lucky me. It. it is like yes. the best experience, but something that's so fascinating and we talk a lot about is this concept of like colorism and the distinction between like the South Asian and the black community. And the number one yeah. thing that like blew my mind is when I would hear my friend call herself brown or they'd be like the brown girls and I'd be like wait you guys say brown and like it was nothing I had ever heard before like I know you didn't originate this term but like is it something that the Indian community has always embraced or is this something like new
3: well okay I'm only gonna speak for myself because I I feel like I recently started to say brown over and I still say Indian too because there is this like pride I have in being an Indian woman and I think e- even within India, the divide between North and South and even within the South and the North and it's, there's the classism, casteism, there's so many layers to it all that's very mm-hmm. deep-rooted, so deep-rooted mm-hmm. um, that we couldn't get into in this like podcast, but the, the higher level is that it's extremely deep-rooted but what I've realized is as I've gotten more comfortable with who I am and my identity and my culture, um, honestly through building this brand, it's like really made me even Mm. realize like damn like how dope is it that I have this platform to be able to hopefully inspire other brown and I think the reason I say brown now over Indian at like a larger volume is I really love the connection it brings to other people I have plenty of black friends who say they're brown I have uh Latinx friends who say they're brown and Middle Eastern and and I guess I love that shared yeah. experience of it. So I like to say brown and talk about my immigrant parent narrative, because I think that connects a larger group of people. And I feel like we need that support system, I guess.
2: Entirely. Yeah, yeah. Shade stole my question. Sorry. That is it what I was like, going to ask. It came to mind. No, it's good. We're flowing. No, because and- uh, a good friend of mine is, is South Asian and She refers to herself as brown and every time she says it and I don't think that she had been saying it, referring to herself as brown in the beginning of our friendship but I've heard her start to embrace it a lot more and every time she says it, I feel a bit closer to her or I feel like, like we're Mm. like we see each other in a way that I hadn't realized before. And I think it's very interesting, especially in America, where we're talking a lot about black and white to have this space yes. for brown people. Um, yeah. and probably I-, I can only imagine would help contextualize one's identity in a different kind of way. So I, I mean, I will so- tell
3: you, when I first started Live Tinted, our, our tagline was um, Live Tinted for every shade in between. Mm-hmm. And when I went to like investors to pitch the concept, my thought process was everything between white and black. Like what about all the shades in between of brown that don't get represented in this narrative? Um, because at that point Fenty had launched and I was like, finally, like there should be 50 more of these representing for black women, but at least there was Rihanna who's the biggest, most incredible name that could like really put black women on the map, which was like so exciting for me. And I didn't feel like South Asian people had that same, or again, like there's a whole range. What about mixed and all these other things? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. You know, and so I, um, I I originally went into it thinking that, and then we didn't really say brown or all we did was talk about our experiences like colorism. And that's what made me realize it's really short-sighted to think of this brand just for brown women when shades of brown are across the whole spectrum.
0: And it's like,
3: you know what I mean? Like, it's like the lip tinted I love because everyone has a tint to their skin. So it connects us across that kind of idea, but our products are catered to, um, Problems that are predominantly more showcased in people of color, like dark circles and hyperpigmentation, like a white cast on our skin when we put on a fucking SPF. I don't know mm-hmm. if I can
1: put on your show. yes, you can. Girl. Yes, you can.
3: <laughs> right. um, sorry. Um, and so I, I I think that all we're I think all we're all trying to do, right? Even with y'all's podcast, is show let people be seen and let yes. them, uh, you know, have a voice. And I think. The more I grow this brand, the more I realize, and I know it's a big goal and every brand screams inclusivity, but I know I'm doing this at every layer of my business down to the employees, to the board, to my investors, to not just my campaign launches and not just with a token one person. Mm-hmm. I have multiple people of color across different ethnic groups featured in my campaigns, which is really, to be honest, a lot of work, a lot of money and a lot of time, but I, I feel like The beauty industry doesn't need just another brand. They need a brand that's going to make a change. And I feel like I'm doing it. And it just makes me, it fills my soul with nothing else.
1: Absolutely. It has to be so fulfilling. And it's something that I realized could almost like pull us further together, even though it feels something like not that your brand is very important, but makeup feels trivial sometimes. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, it's like another thing that we do. But it's it's not that especially for like a woman who is a makeup girl. Like, again, going back to my Indian friends, there have been nights where I've like slept over and I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to a brunch the next day. I'm borrowing stuff. And like one girl's Makeup I can use as foundation, kind of. Another yeah. brown girls, I can use some of her stuff as concealer. They're using yeah. my stuff to contour. And we're, like, all sharing makeup. And it was that moment where we kind of were, like,
2: Oh, my God. a minute. We kind of. Like, yeah. We kind of on cool. the same vibe yeah how cool is that right it's like I, cool.
3: I remember growing up with a ton of blonde hair blue-eyed girls where I felt like shit because I did not match their thumb anything like I couldn't do that in high school with their stuff and it felt really crappy and so yeah I think that my dream of this brand I think it takes time and you know resources and I'm going through fundraising is what you just said like I want uh, people of color need to get connected more. And of course there's, by the way, like shared experiences. I learned so much last year during BLM, my inherent privilege that I didn't know. Um, Like I knew, but I didn't know, you know, like you don't Mm -hmm. really know as much as you think you do. Like the whole, it's not enough to be uh, not racist, to be anti-racist, all of those layers, like really self-reflections came out, not just for myself, but people in my life with me saying like, That is really not okay. I mean, there's so many brown guys who think it's okay to say the N word and things like Mm -hmm. that. That, like, I just had to cut out of my life and I just. It, there's some people I just feel like as much as I try to change them, I can't, but I can't control if they're in my life. And so I just think there's so many layers of all these things that we can only change through education and conversation and, and understanding. So to me, Lip Tinted, the product is literally just a vehicle to do that. It is yes. not about a lipstick or an eyeshadow or whatever it is, but every campaign, like with our Mineral SPF, like it featured five different women from different cultural backgrounds um, yes. and talking about how we all experience this white cast from mineral SPF so how can you as a black woman and me as an Indian woman and someone who's a Latinx woman come together and be like damn we all experience that and the white girl we grew up with has no idea um and, and in the way the reason I say that is because I think that it's important that I want I, I want them to also evolve as like and understand that like even if it wasn't their fault, like the same way we said about my mom, right? There's a difference between things like where you actively know you're doing something wrong versus you just don't know. And so mm-hmm. how can my brand help educate these people in a way I'm not about cancel culture. That's not who I am, mm-hmm. but how can I lead by example? That's really just what I want to do.
2: you We've been talking a lot about this community across, People of color. And we go back and forth about this on the show. The term BIPOC, how mm-hmm. do you feel about it? Do you like it? Uh, do you embrace it? Do you do you feel like it it's an umbrella term for you?
3: I yeah, I go, I go back and forth too. And it, it, it's really tricky. And I think I'm just trying to find a way to connect people without mm-hmm. neglecting people's individual experiences that are also mm-hmm. important to understand. And so what is that term that does that? Which is why I've been leaning more into the word brown rather than BIPOC, because I feel like I can absolutely say that I identify as brown. And and if other people connect to that, like I see black women commenting back saying, girl, thanks for doing this for um, all of us brown girls. And it makes right. me so happy because like, I I never know if that, like I can't speak for a black woman and say that how what they identify as, but to see that, Makes me feel really good. So I think the intention behind BIPOC is right and positive, but I understand the nuances of why it could be seen as, I guess the word's problematic. I don't know if that's the word or not. Yeah.
2: Sometimes I feel like it's just very, and I embrace it when it's being used by the people that it's, it purports to define, I guess. But then I think it gets like thrown out in this like buzzwordy way where it starts to like not mean
0: anything yeah um,
3: but I yeah. guess like what do you think I mean I would re- honestly love to know is like a way so say you are a part of the BIPOC community like for example I was trying to think of like should my tagline for lip tinted be made by and for BIPOC, people, uh, BIPOC hey. so I, I don't know or something like that mm-hmm. um, because how else do you identify right now we're leaning into like uh, made by and for all tinted women or something like that I would
1: that's love it. that that's I was gonna say one. something in that like Okay. I I agree with one. you Glenn it, it, it's it's a hard thing because I get frustrated when yes other communities now try to kind of bring us all together like yeah we're making progress or we donate to BIPOC communities what does that what mean What does that mean are Who? you donating to Black people, Indigenous people? Then there, then like then there's the brown, POC part, right? Yeah, I'm like, Who are, I'm who's confused. in the POC? I guess I'm POC, but I'm also in the black part of bipoc. Oh, that's, <laughs> a good, that's a
3: good point. Yeah, yeah,
1: and on top of that, it's like. To your point, when it's amongst us and we can use that as like a a feeling of solidarity because I think ultimately the goal, we're dismantling white supremacy over here. So we don't need to be contributing to any more of those sentiments. Exactly. But in the same regard, we do have unique challenges and struggles. And and, and when we start to think about like funding politics, we do need to be, we do need to make distinctions. Absolutely. It's like-
3: that's huge for me. Again, like that's another thing I've really learned. And we, you know, charitable things, again, I don't want to assume pop, negative intent, but yeah, they were, this is what y'all said, rubs me the wrong way, where it's like we're donating to by the BIPOC community. It feels very performative. Um, and for me and Tinted, we haven't actually committed to like something because I nothing feels right until it feels right. And so we're actually like trying to establish more of like a grant program where we, give creatives in our community a grant, not like a donation or anything like mm-hmm. you go do what you want to do with this to go achieve your dreams. Because I didn't have that for me as a girl who was told to go either be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. That said, I know that I have, again, privileges allotted to me that there needs to be certain dollars and allocated to different parts of the POC community more than myself. And I recognize that. And those nuances aren't talked about enough. When you bind yeah. everyone together. That's and amazing. and
1: I'll I'll even jump in and say, like, within your own community, there are so many layers. Like yes. I, I can't speak yes. for like the layers within like what you experience within the I'm I'll only speak yeah, for yeah. the friends of mine that I have, but like yeah. the way my friend will describe like her relationship with like Muslim Indians or understanding the, the, to your point, like the caste systems and like what certain people have access to when you see some of these shows that depict India and you see some of these like extreme regal lifestyles. And I'm like, that can't apply to everyone. It's like, where do you even begin to like unpack all of that? And so it, I feel like it is fair if you were like, I need to do this for Indian women. I need to do this for South Asian women. I I need to do this for Latinx women. But then at the same time, it's a common goal of us all progressing.
3: And that's where I struggle. So it's really good for you to to say that to me because I'm going through this exercise in my brain now. I know that my people need representation and I want to Mm -hmm. do it. I I also identify as an Indian American. Yes. That's, I guess, my struggle is like I... There's so much work to do in America for representation that I one day my biggest dream is to take Tinted to India. Like that is my
2: oh iconic epic game changer. I mean,
3: I need a billboard that says "uncare and lovely," just like dismantling the idea of fair and lovely" all together. Like that is the goal.
2: Whoa, tear um, it down. Whoa, <laughs> we might have yes. to bleep that out because that's 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 hot. <laughs> That's good. I know. We don't need someone doing your shit. It needs to happen. You know
3: what, though? If they do, then it's happening and it's progressing. Like, I even, I felt that way even, like, when I started my brand around the pillars of diversity and inclusion and then last year every brand said that they were inclusive. I mean, that at first was just so, it drove me bonkers because I know the performative action of it. But when I But when you think about the larger goal and the whole purpose is to move things forward. And if they're doing it, then at least the next generation, whether the intention is clear or not, is going to see a world where that's normalized. And I think that that really made me feel good about what happened last year. But I think there's a lot of work to be done globally. And I feel like we can do that. So you're totally right about the nuances of it all. I think it's crazy.
2: This is a little bit random, but I was having a conversation with a friend of mine similarly about this. Beyonce and Tiffany's and the diamond I forgot what it's called is it the love stone Shade, you don't know about this I know about it I don't know what the diamond is called oh okay But you know the girls are mad they're like why are you partnering with Tiffany's these are blood diamonds etc etc I I I veer on the side of like this is problematic but my friend was making the point and and having Beyonce and Jay-Z as a face of This campaign but my friend was saying there's something powerful about seeing them in these Black people in the position as the face occupying all this wealth and like we don't always have to think that these brands are using us and that maybe there's something progressive about it I don't know sorry shaking her head well (laughs) do you
3: know do you all know Sharon C the one who started the pull up or shut up challenge
2: oh I know that phrase but I didn't know I don't know. Who oh that yeah. Is. Yeah. Okay.
3: So she just posted this. I saw it right before this. Mm-hmm. Tiffany and Co. wants us to celebrate Beyonce being the first black woman to wear the iconic Tiffany yellow diamond that, in case you are, you care to know, was pillaged from Africa. And all media outlets ran with this incredibly tone deaf narrative. No questions asked. It's 2021, guys. And she just goes off in her paragraph about it, and it really, again, it opened up my eyes. I'm like, damn, good fucking point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I I, and yeah again these are like the little nuances again without the education I didn't I didn't even go there I truly did see it as what you said as the latter and the second I read that I was like shit yeah like right it took this long like and and you're you're positioning it as a victory like exactly
2: she's the first black woman to wear this diamond I'm honestly
1: yeah the hot take I'm over first black and I'll only speak for black because at this point like I don't want a seat at your table. Like I'm good. Like I completely understand. We live in a capitalistic society. Money works, makes the world go round. I need a headline. Yeah, yeah. But like, I want to be networking across and like yeah. building up my community. I don't need to have accolades from a company that or approval, to- or- approval. Yeah. I- Fact check me on this. Don't take this verbatim, but I saw a post that Tiffany's used to make shackles like they used to make the iron for shackles for, yeah, for enslaved people. So it's like, I don't need to feel as though this brand that previously made money and is in this space to even be a luxury brand because of the blood and tears of our people, black and brown people, because who knows what they've done all over the world. And to there now, are Indian
2: people mining blood diamonds to this. Come on day. now. Yeah.
1: Like and that's where diamonds. it's like, and that's where the solidarity comes in. And that's where mm-hmm. I feel good about the term BIPOC. For us to be like, fuck you, Tiffany. We're good. I'm gonna go support XYZ brand of color that I know is not rooted in yeah. like demonic history of slavery. Yeah. And yeah. I rather be like Beyonce is wearing insert this person. Small, okay,
3: small owned brand. I will also say the problem with the first narrative is it creates the scarcity model and the idea that only one of us can do it. Like I know within mm-hmm. the Brown community, within the Brown community, you either hear about Priyanka Chopra or Mindy Kaling. And yep. it's this idea of, oh my God, you look just like Mindy. I'm like, mm-hmm. I literally look nothing like her, but you identify me as one of two that are in the media. And whenever you see this idea of the first, it makes you feel like I'm just what you said is right. I'm just over there being the first and it should just be normalized that we're just a part of it. And we're just we're just not there yet. And so you, you can see it as like progress over perfection or just like when is it time that like people just get it? And I, I don't know yeah. the right answer.
1: Yeah, it's the we have this conversation a lot about like the seat at the table. And unfortunately, like there do need to be people at some of these tables, but like I'm really getting over it. And I think that's something that's really dope about your brand is that like you're creating your own legacy and you're employing people that are coming from diverse backgrounds. And like that, I think, is what we need to progress towards and building community where we don't solely need to attain a a a goal to attain like billionaireship and right. like, yeah, right. being with like, like
2: right.
0: the
1: NFL and be like, and don't get me wrong. Why do we, we need all those Jay-Z. checks though? We
2: don't, we don't, we don't need all those checks.
3: I just think it's important to share this because it's taken me a long time to build and we're doing product by product. And like you said, because it's important that I do it the right way. And we're announcing very soon and maybe when this podcast is live that we just close our next round of funding and we are our whole board is people of color
2: let's go because when you talk about a seat
3: at the table it needs to be at the highest table like the decision makers right like you can't just have a black employee and say that you're being inclusive and and like vice versa any people of color and say you're inclusive it's like but your your whole board is white men like then okay so are you really giving that opportunity like we need to see ourselves at the highest seat to see ourselves at the highest seat yes um and so that to me is something I'm super proud of took um a lot of no's from the wrong people to Mm. get yeses from the right people but uh I can't tell you the reason I was saying I was tired was I was up till one in the morning talking to our lawyers it's just a lot of work people have people just don't see the behind the scenes right you see the beauty brand you see the campaign but running a business is soul sucking oh yeah (laughs) Uh, as y'all know and and anyways I'm just really proud of that and um I want to that is
1: incredible
3: I just hope as we grow you know that I I mean this will hopefully hopefully all will call me out but because I do, i think we should be called that if we don't stick to it but I just want to stick to it I want that to be what we do um, and it's hard as you scale and grow but
1: yeah and I mean that's not to say like all white people are evil no, and like don't no, no, deserve no. but like it's like we have to level the playing field. And and I'm sorry. And I know that hurts to hear. But you have to realize that people have constantly told us, pull yourself up from the bootstraps, figure it out people make these sacrifices that are inhumane at this point there's no reason that you have to have these like traumatic stories of overcoming poverty and oppression like Mm -hmm. why is that a thing we are literally in 2021 and we're qualified 180 billion fucking dollars (laughs) unreal and yeah,
3: you're exactly right. It's not like we're anti all of it. I just think that there's a lot of talented people of color out there. Why wouldn't I give them a shot in the beauty industry that I didn't have? It's yeah. like, not to say there's plenty of brands hiring white people. There's not that same narrative for us. So like, right. why wouldn't I, if I am a CEO and empower my own brand, give that opportunity to our people? I just don't understand why not. But again, I'll tell you, it is really hard. Like when I do recruiting for leadership positions, sorting through it all to find the black women, the South Asian women, it is really hard to like dissect who they are and like find those people because there's not, but it's only hard if you don't make the effort, right? Like, yeah, Mm. that's the thing is like, there's, there's networks out there you can tap into there's organizations out there. um, But again, I think the only way it's ever going to not be hard for people is if they see people in those positions to then say, Oh damn, I can become that. So now the volume of it increases. Yeah. I was told my whole life to be a doctor or lawyer. Why? And every brown right. girl I know was too. So why would yeah. we be in these positions? Because we were told to never be in these positions. So we yeah. have to be in them to change it for other people. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about, like, when we talk about equity, that's what this is, right? It's yes. like yeah. leveling the playing field. It's not that we're giving people of color, Black people, special priority or something this is what equity work looks like yeah um
3: yeah that's the thing I'm not I'm not hiring somebody just to say I did that the point is there's plenty of really really smart ambitious people of color out there that deserve the same opportunity and they're just overlooked it's not it's putting them in the pool of candidates at the first place that exactly
2: exactly
1: And that's step one. So often um, I work for a company. Some, most people know who I work for, but usually I don't like uh, outwardly say it. And I have to say, it's crazy to see like our DNI initiatives and like literal goaling towards like 50% of like this level of leadership needs to be women. 50% 50% of this level of leadership needs to be people of color. And like that was a conversation that I don't think was happening five, 10 years ago.
2: No.
3: No.
1: Absolutely, that's yeah. the thing
3: they're they're being forced into
1: it but again better that than like, I'll take it than nothing
2: yeah I that's will true take
1: it. I'm getting all my black and brown friends up in the company I'm like oh, we have quotas to meet
2: oh <laughs> <laughs> well, I have people that can fill those yeah, yeah. Exactly.
3: exactly how dope is that that makes me yeah so I always try to focus on the progress aspects so that makes me feel good yeah, and you know? this is like a this is a therapy session. I love, it. I,
1: love <laughs> it. I know we don't have you for super long, but something you did say resonated with me, and I think our listeners would like to hear about this. How is it being like an entrepreneur? Like you're pretty mm-hmm. young, and like something Glenn and I were literally just discussing before we got on this was like the grind, and like you mm-hmm. feel like. Oh my God, should we just give up? Like, how do we do this? You want to work for yourself, but Mm -hmm. that like working for yourself, that's a whole other playing field because it never ends. It never ends. So like, just give us everything you can give if you want to, like, I would just love (laughs) to know like how it started and kind of like what keeps you going.
3: I mean I feel like everybody says it's so cool that you don't have a nine to five but I have a 24-7 so I don't I don't know the glamorized aspect of it sure more flexibility and things like that but I don't really ever have a true vacation because I started my career on the corporate side of the beauty industry I was at L'Oreal um, and then Victoria's Secret Corporate at was L Brands um, and both because of the, they were spaces that I wanted to impact and change, right? Like I, especially like limited brands and stuff. Like there, and as we all have seen with like Victoria's Secret filing like for bankruptcy and stuff, I wanted to be in the inside to be able to make a change. And then um, I went to Birchbox, which was like, do y'all know what that is that beauty subscription company? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I
2: remember them.
3: I was an early employee at Birchbox, and that's where I really saw the growth of like a startup that was like venture backed with hyper growth and beauty industry, New York City, and it was like my business school. Like my plan was to go to work in the beauty industry, go to Harvard Business School, make my dad happy, and then start my own brand. Um, but Birchbox felt like my business school. And while I was at Birchbox, I started a YouTube channel because beauty really was my passion. Like that same 16-year-old girl who didn't see herself, like I was upset, I was a junkie. Like being a beauty editor was like the dream job. So being a beauty influencer felt like a way that I could be an editor, but I had control over like becoming a beauty editor means that you have to know somebody or, you know, it, it takes a lot of work as an Indian girl to become a beauty editor. That felt impossible. Um, so I kind of created my own beauty editor role in becoming an influencer. And my second video went viral and kind of changed my whole life. And I took that opportunity. And the day the today show asked me to come on to do a segment on air when that video went viral, Um, I quit my job at Birchbox to do the influencer thing full time. And that was really uncomfortable because like, I saw myself as a businesswoman and a marketer and like, you can justify that to your immigrant parents, but to say that my full-time job is an influencer, a YouTuber and all these things was really mentally hard for me, but I think because I had my dad in my head, um, but the reality is it was a new wave of marketing. And I saw that opportunity.
2: Exactly. I was going to say and, influences our business people and marketers yeah, all the time. Right. Sorry, and, but
3: it's so hard. It's so hard to see that. Right. Like, because taking selfies for a living the, and this was the early days this was 2015. And so I it was really tough for me. But I also knew I just knew there was an opportunity there. So I did it for three years. And then I was ready to start this brand and it taught me that there needed to be a community coming together that was bigger than myself, which is why I started Lip Tinted as a community platform first um, and then grew it into a beauty brand. But the hardships of building a brand, I feel like I can't even articulate because I'm too drained to even talk about it. Like, <laughs> like I, I hope to one day write a book but you know it's one of those things that I wanted to write one like during the journey to inspire girls to say like look you don't have to have all the answers but get started yeah. but I just I'm too drained like I don't even know there's a reason people do it once they've made it or sold their company or exited there's no way you have the energy or time to do anything besides just get through your day there's people, there's fundraising, there's operational issues, there's the marketing upfront things. And then you're doing things like this, like a podcast as I'm dealing with lawyers in my ear, But so there's, you know, switching from being in front of camera to behind the camera right. to like, I, I'm still doing the influencer thing because it helps funnel tinted, which is what I really care about. And so it's essentially two jobs but really 10 jobs in one. And I, I, I'm not saying any of this to say, I'm not grateful because I am, I'm living my dream job but it's not for the week and don't do it if you don't want to work your ass off every second of every day of your life because that's just it
2: that's real as hell real that's talk. real as hell because people make it look cute like i run my own business yeah i swear people make it look cute make it look fun it's not i, I grew up with a, my mom as an entrepreneur and i have seen a lot it actually scared me from i think being a face
3: being a face of a company, right? Like if you're an influencer and you have a whole, some, and you know, you have a percentage of the company, but being a CEO and running a company is the absolute worst job. You have to hire people, fire people, manage people, fundraise, deal with investors, uh, board boarded by PC people. I mean, and there's people in your ear at all times telling you to grow, grow, grow. And you're in your head thinking like, I have a purpose, purpose, purpose. And like, I don't need to, like, so there's, all these different noises in your head and you have to balance it all. And um, I just think it's made me stronger than I ever even knew I was. But also, um, you know, you, you every day have to look in the mirror and remind yourself why you're doing it.
2: Because yes.
3: And it's, this, it's these combos, right? Like even just talking to y'all and saying that you do feel like the growth is happening between the connection between black and brown. Like that in itself is so exciting and it fuels me like, yes. Like that is awesome. Like we didn't have that.
1: yeah it's it's like the little things and I mean in no way are we at your scale (laughs) but like
3: we No, but it's all it's all relative right like I feel like I'm not at you know whatever so yeah
1: yeah it's all relative and and then like so much of it I think like you said is is that community building and the representation and having people reach out to you and say they feel seen because like
3: that's
1: it to me like all these things can come and go with like the money and this and that, but like knowing that you've made an impact, I think feels so, so special. Yeah.
3: And like, else, I think you, you, you said like, why does it have to be a, we glamorize the idea of being a billion dollar business and like um, the, it, and it, it made me think I needed to be that to be successful. If I'm not a unicorn company, then what am I even, what, what's the point that is, really needs to change because mm-hmm. since when was being a hundred million dollar business a 50 million a 10 million dollar business a million dollar business a shitty scenario you exactly. know come on
1: now like, it's getting <laughs> it's getting crazy and and I and I want us to go back to a space of like yes you need money you need to have food on the table but like what really matters like having it's community, all said and done yeah. When it's all joy, said and done, it's like, all passion. yeah. And, and, and I think that it's that, that dichotomy of like, you want to work for yourself. You have to bust your ass off and you're making a legacy, but at the same time, like those fulfilling things that you have are these moments or hearing a review yes. from someone who's using your product. And like, I think what has gotten us to this like sick place where people then go against their values, is the need for more, 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 more,
2: more. Capitalism, yes, so you nailed and, it. Yeah,
3: it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. I guess.
2: It's sick. Yeah. It's sick. <laughs> well, I just want to, I want to talk a little bit more about Live Tinted, though. Um, yes. We're talking about the behind the scenes. <laughs> but we talked, you, you mentioned the sunscreen, which I think is essential, crucial, very important. Shade and I are notoriously people that don't use enough sunscreen. Probably Sade a bit more than me. But the white cast is a, is a big part of it. But we were
3: never, yeah. I was never taught as a kid to wear a sunscreen. Like, yeah. that wasn't no. the thing I was told, because I was like, oh, I'm not going to get red. I don't need to do this. And right. so... I didn't know I needed to do it until this age. And now I'm going to be in the beauty industry and things like that. But now, if y'all know now and you still don't do it, we got an issue. We need to send you some of our sunscreen. I
2: put it on some days. She'd be like, can I get 5%? 5% <laughs> SPS. <laughs> but no! what are um, some of your other like amazing products? Anything that you want to tell us about your favorites? I love the under eye. Um Girl, I need what to, to the package. Called? Yeah. They're, they're, all rays. Sh- they're shiny and like golden. They're so beautiful. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, um,
3: man. And see those little things like people have no idea. It took us an extra year and a half to make those from when I wanted it to launch because I wanted them to be cut in the shape of sun rays because they're, they're called rays. And I wanted it to be like, we're, we're embracing the sun and brightening the things that we were told to hide our whole lives. Um, like the dark, dark circles, like every little detail of this brand has like a dual meaning behind it. Cause it just matters to me. Um, and like the co- color, our brand color is copper because um, copper is so integral to so many different cultures around the world. And again, I wanted it to be this shared experience that we experience um, in beauty together. So all those little details, they're biodegradable. So it's like those little things make it take so much longer, but I feel so much prouder of it being in the world. And like, again, does the world really need another under eye patch? But I loved the symbolism of what it stood for. No, it Uh, does
2: from you. (laughs) Exactly.
3: There's room. Yeah, there's totally room. And um, yeah, and I think for me, all the products we create, I want, there always is a narrative behind it. Like, uh, uh, I think a lot of people say this, but I'm so inspired by Nike and how every campaign they release is not about the product but it's about the ethos of the brand and Mm -hmm. i have to sell i'm not nike to where like i'm still at the stage where my products matter because it's the business and so i I always try to find a balance between selling a product but like we said earlier it's just a vehicle to tell our story so i want to share our stories and you're going to see more of that from us where um by the time this comes out i think it'll be announced like our tagline we're like just got trademarked and stuff is every shade has a story because i want to connect product to storytelling as a brand and and yeah, I'm proud. I mean, things are going well. Y'all are saying I was being humble earlier. I'm not that humble. I got this whole wall of...
2: Come <laughs> on, the accolades. Yes. We love to see it. Well,
3: I feel like... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, sometimes you need to just be your own cheerleader.
2: Yes, so, you do. Yeah. What do you have on your eyes right now? Is that the hue stick?
3: It's the hue stick and raise. Mm. So all. All I put on today was Hue Glow, which is a a serum moisturizer all over my face, Rays on my eyes, cheeks, and lips, and mascara. And I was just like, you know what? What? Less is more.
2: (laughs) For those who can't see, it's this like
3: peachy,
0: It's the no makeup makeup. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I love
3: Rise. Rise, to me, is a color that no other brand has. It's this terracotta orange that looks beautiful on everything every skin tone but it looks different on every skin tone right like and because it's it's made with all natural pigments so it'll just blend into your natural hues so like on me it'll look more terracotta on your skin tone it might mm. look like a more brighter orange and like but it's still beautiful um and I felt like that was what made it so special was I really want to turn millennial pink into Gen Z orange. That's my goal with my brand
0: this year. Into Gen Z orange. Oh
3: my yeah, gosh. That's my goal. We'll
1: so we usually have, you know, we're called Black Girls Texting and we talk about like spilling tea. You actually have given, given us a lot of tea. I gave a lot of tea A lot of tea. Lot of tea, lot of tea so I don't, need, I don't even know. I don't know if I can ask this, but is there <laughs> anything else on the horizon that you want to share with us? A new product in the works or anything that you know we could say we to no, hear mean, first
3: I mean I think the there's no other interview I will do in podcast form that talks about the all people of color board and I'm really proud of that and um it's going to align and be announced at the same time as this I mean honestly the money is being wired into the bank right now so pray like everyone <laughs> knock on every wood that, like,
2: fingers and toes
3: Trust. until it's done it's not done so I, I don't want to jinx anything either but it should be in the, like next week people are starting to wire and everything so um yeah I've, I have never given this much tea
1: to I know I'm like I can't even really ask for more I'm just being greedy now my cup is <laughs> running cup
3: over, is
2: overflowing exactly <laughs>
3: this is therapy right now man we just had a therapy session but yeah, yeah no I love doing these it feels and honestly I, the the interviews of your podcast that I've seen feel very like conversational and I really appreciate that energy.
1: That's what it's That's all what about. We really do. just try to show that we're just like anybody else, even though we're amazing and incredible and gorgeous. And melanated and, and fine. melanated and perfect and beautiful. <laughs> I love and it. Flawed I love and flawed yes. and tired and overworked. Yes. <laughs> yes. All of that.
3: All of that normalize all of that being talked about, please. All of it exactly.
1: normalize after this interview, me getting a glass of wine and going me back running to, the, to the wine shop <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> I'm drinking a glass of rose and I ordered a massage because I can't feel my shoulders. Go
2: ahead, I girl. love you. Do your thing, Deepika. Thank you so much for joining us. This was wonderful yes and shout out to everything you're doing everything
1: i'm standing um i was just gonna say can you please plug all your plugs yeah handles all the good stuff so the people can find you and they can get these faces beat like please do please
3: (laughs) um yeah uh yeah exactly instead of supporting like the you know the the big businesses just shop small, whatever small business, it it really matters. Like every single purchase matters. Um, And I think sometimes because of social media, things look glamorized. They don't realize behind the scenes, we are all still constantly trying to prove that we matter. And so Mm. um, Live Tinted is L-I-V-E-T-I-N-T-E-D on all social channels. um, And our website's the same and it's live, not live Live,
2: tinted,
3: and deep. And you can follow me too. It's at Deepika D E E P I C A.
2: Thank you so
1: much. Get on it. Thank you, thank you. Thank you.
0: And this week for What Would You Do? Um, I actually saw this online on Twitter, but like I thought it was a good What Would You Do? It says, My PTO has been approved since July. I go on vacation on Friday. I get an email this morning saying my new manager doesn't suggest or want me to use PTO at this time because our team is behind. She's not telling me to not go, but with such a strong suggestion, how am I left to feel? What would you do?
1: Girl, what? <laughs> I mean, my initial reaction is I'm going, but it also depends on like what is my role in this team? What are my goals with this manager? And if I'm trying to be like strategic and and you know climb the ladder. Maybe if it's easy to make adjustments, like maybe I, I'll go on the later half or like I'll make some compromise. Um, and if I don't go at all, best believe I'm going to be like, fine, I'm not going, but now
2: I'm taking three weeks. Instead of maybe one or two. I'm just like, this person could have plans already made, right? Yeah, I'm like, going. Like, money spent, books, all these things. Like, I'm
0: sorry. I'm and sorry. I went through the correct channels. Like, I got it approved right. months in advance. I didn't do any, like, last minute, right. you know, stuff. So, sorry. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. And y'all know I'd be bending over for jobs. But
2: I'm <laughs> <You going>.
1: don't, <laughs> I don't. I actually don't
2: believe you, Glenn. I, I think... would go. I had to do this this summer, kind of. Not really, yeah. but like... <laughs> my my previous job my boss was like oh are you sure you can't adjust your dates because we really want to and i was like no sorry can't (laughs) can't cannot cannot
1: yeah yeah i'm going i'm thinking very specifically about where i am in my job my boss is like i need i want you guys to take pto like before she gets crazy and I'm literally in my mind like I I can't like I literally couldn't even in my right mind do it I would just be thinking about the damn work the whole time and oh like, that's a good point it would just drive me crazy so I just rather do it when I'm actually in a better mental space but that's very different from this scenario but it's definitely like influencing my thoughts
2: yeah, Somebody are gonna catch that person up when they get back right <laughs> they'll be okay <laughs> Be, Give, they me, the Give the me the TLDR. Give me the TLDR. <laughs> oh my god, TLDR. wait.
0: Speaking of work terms at your job, do they say "missy"? No. What's "missy"? Oh, I was sure they would say it at your job, Shadé. Um okay, this is it basically means like everything was like checked thoroughly. Like okay, hold on. Missy meaning. Uh, I, don't even I haven't heard any annoying like English yet. I don't think, but it's like know. mutually no, you're lying.
2: So it's an acronym?
0: Yeah, MICE, mute. Yeah, Let's see. Oh, it's MISI. So it's mutually exclusive and collectively exhaustive. What is that supposed to mean? So it's like <sighs> Pronounced by many as MISI and pronounced by the author as MIS. Okay. (laughs) The MISI principle has been used in the business mapping progress, wherein the optimum arrangement of information is exhaustive and does not double count at any level of the hierarchy. Example of MISI arrangements include categorizing people by year of birth, assuming all years are known, apartments by their building number, lenders by their postmark. Yeah, I thought you guys would use it at your job. Okay. Interesting. We were just having... We had a weekend away and we were all talking about like work terms um, and Missy came up. Oh, we have so many, but that, that
1: one, I don't know. It could exist and I just haven't heard it.
0: They do use it at your company because another girl at your yeah, company uses, it. uses yeah. it, but maybe not in your role. Yeah, exactly um sounds very product yeah it could be used in product Mm. um but yeah so that's all i got for you guys um follow us on instagram at black girls texting follow us on youtube at black girls texting follow us on twitter at black girls text one follow us on patreon or become a patron black girls texting is the patreon and buy some merch buy some merch cold hello at black
1: girls texting i am gonna make this new merch i swear it'll happen i think i'm gonna do it on my flight like oh, that's so what i'm really gonna myself. happen
2: i was like you know what if we don't get it until the that's spring what night, i told myself okay no 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 but i we really need like some cozy
1: yeah i really yeah. want to try and i think it can happen
0: don't hold me to that but i'm gonna try also if you have merch suggestions like something that you think would be fun that you would like to see us make in real life always email us at yeah. hello at black girls texting
2: Ooh, maybe right. we can do something like on IG. Like some polls,
0: some cover. Y'all ain't doing wings. that. Go right ahead.
1: Adios.
2: Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting.